Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Hot Fuss by The Killers, released in 2004 under Island Records, and my guest is Tiff. Hello, hello, hello. Back for a third time, a record third time. Right, I know, right? You Amazing. are the first bronze medalist in Kiara Gets Drunk history, so congratulations. Yes. I mean, gold medalist in regards to the fact that you are the first third timer. And also the first of 2020. First of 2020. And speaking of which, Tiff, happy Lunar New Year. Thank you so much. This is very exciting. We're recording this uh, on Lunar New Year, on the day. On On the day of Lunar New Year, yes. The day of Lunar New Year. And Tiff, you are Taiwanese Chinese. So you obviously know more about this than I do. (laughs) Um, but you and I actually were just talking before we started recording, uh, Tiff and I were looking at the album cover for Hot Fuss and we realized too that the, um, the photo itself on the cover was taken in Shanghai, China. So it's very fitting that today we're talking Hot Fuss on Lunar New Year. I love that. I had no idea. Like growing up listening to this album, I had no idea those lights on the front of the cover were Chinese Chinese characters. Yeah. (laughs) The more you know, we're learning, we're learning. They just look like red lights from like, you know, a distance. But you know what? We figured it out. And this is what the pod's all about, is learning new things. Yeah, and I love that connection piece. Lunar New Year, Hot Fest, The Killers. Totally unintentional, but we nailed it. So Tiff, uh, listeners of the pod will already know how you and I became friends. So instead of going through the you know sequence of events that led us to you and I getting to know each other, how about you tell me a little bit about your New Year's resolutions as today is Lunar New Year? So my goals every year are typically trying to live a healthier lifestyle, save money. But this year, I've added an extra element. I want to pursue some of my hobbies more. I used to be a cartoonist. I draw little cute little oranges. They're mostly sad oranges. But I'm going to you know, make them more positive and fun this year. But they're kind of based on some of my favorite films and TV shows. So I've done some in the past on Edward Scissorhands or Mad Men as a show, Royal Tenenbaums. This year, I'm going to actually start getting back into it because I don't think I've posted anything in like five years. That's awesome, though. But what about you? Let me, yeah. So uh, one of my resolutions that pertains specifically to the pod is to be a little bit more open-minded to genres of music that I haven't previously explored. Um, And I've always thought that I've been open-minded with music, but I've caught myself a lot of times where people would be like, oh, hey, check out this band. And I would already kind of make assumptions about the band or the artist before even giving them a fair shake. And my second one, which I think is really important for 2020, is to be a little bit more kind to the environment. I'm trying really hard to reduce the waste that I have in my life. Um, And that's, you know, something as simple as buying like the reusable face cloths so that you don't you're not using like makeup wipes when you're removing your makeup at the end of the day like little things I'm trying to implement just to make our world a little bit um greener and cleaner yeah greener and cleaner exactly this is gonna be this is gonna be the segue are you ready 2020 is gonna be hot speaking of which (laughs) speaking of which speaking of hot hot the record we are talking about today, Tiff, is uh, The Killer's debut studio album, Hot Fuss. Before we get into talking about some of the songs, how about we go through the history of The Killers? Let's do it. Let's do I it. I need a refresher. Okay, The Killers. Who are they? They are a four-piece alt-rock band from Las Vegas, Nevada, and they formed in 2001. Their original lineup included Brandon Flowers, who is on vocals and the keyboards, Dave Kooning on lead guitar, Mark Stormer on bass and rhythm guitar, and Ronnie Venucci Jr., who plays the drums. After playing a lot of small gigs in Nevada, they were picked up by Lizard King Records, which is actually a UK label, and they were signed to that label in 2003. So um, the impact in the UK was obviously huge, especially with this first album. Mm -hmm. So Hot Fuss is their debut album, as I already said. 
said it was released in June 2004, originally under Lizard King and later under Island Records, which picked them up in the U.S. And the singles here, obviously huge, Mr. Brightside being probably the most (laughs) well-known. Everybody knows Mr. Brightside. Somebody told me all these things that I've done and smile like you mean it. Many of these tracks were actually written in Ronnie Venucci's dorm room at the University of Nevada, and he was studying classical music at the time. And they recorded them in Dave Kooning's apartment. Like, they were young. I think Brandon Flowers was 20, 21 years old when he was recording this album. So baby. He was a little baby. They were all, like, fairly young, right, if they were in school. So I think it's amazing that they were able to create a piece of work that has lasted as long as it has. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a great album. It's a fantastic album. The album itself was a huge success for the band. Maybe not initially, but it started to gain more traction as uh, time went by. It sold 7 million copies total. And as I said, it was a huge hit in the UK. So 2 million out of the 7 million copies were sold in the UK alone. And there it went seven times platinum. And in the UK, it is among the top 25 longest charting albums in history. It stayed on the charts for over four years. Yes. And that meme I sent you last night. Didn't it say since 2004, Mr. Brightside has been the top of the uk charts and still is to this day yeah it's like a constant thing like it's i think people people in the uk i think thought because of their sound that they were british that they were british so i think like for them to support them like it's like you know with me with canadian bands i always maybe throw a little bit more support behind the canadian bands because i'm like oh it's down home like Mm -hmm. they're toronto bands like i've grown up with them like i want them to be successful i feel like the uk people share that same mentality yeah but little do they know that they're actually a band from Vegas. Yeah, they are. I think actually, did you ever watch, because um, they, they played Wembley Stadium, the Killers, and they did something where they created a song for their time at Wembley, and it was called the Wembley Song? No, I have not heard that song. So they, they basically just wrote it to play like in the stadium for everybody. And there's a line in the song where Brandon says, um, uh, Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside left you guys scratching your heads because uh, you thought we were for she- from Sheffield or Camden. <laughs> but meanwhile, they're from they're Vegas boys, like they're American boys. Yeah. And obviously because Wembley's in the UK, like there's a reason why they were able to sell out that stadium is because their fan base, like yeah, a huge portion of their fan base is in the UK. It wasn't just a hit in the UK. It was, it also did really well in the US and Canada. It was not nominated for Best International Album at the Brits and Best Rock Album at the Grammys. And since Hot Fuss, the band has released five more studio albums, including Direct Hits, which is their greatest hits compilation. And their sixth album called Imploding the Mirage, ooh, is set for spring <laughs> 2020 release. So I'm very oh, excited to soon. hear that. It's coming. I know, 2020, when I remember when they first were like, it's coming out in 2020. I was like, oh my God, it's forever. So long, yeah. Because the last one was like 2017 or something like that. So it's been a little oh, bit. Oh, it's been three years. It's been a few years. Yeah, so I'm so excited for them to release it. Um, and as I mentioned, they've played at Wembley Stadium, they've headlined Glastonbury, and they've performed at Madison Square Garden. They are a huge rock band. They are, and I love. They've them. grown so much. They've grown so much, and I I'm just so excited to talk about this with you today. <laughs> Again, I'm losing my, <laughs> my transition pieces. That's no, pretty much no, it's it. okay. I have a fun fact actually. Oh, please, please share the fun fact. So if you actually hit up the Wikipedia page for the Hot Fuss album. The first thing you'll see is a disclaimer, and it says, Not to be confused with the 2007 action comedy Hot Fuzz, and vice oh, versa. like the British comedy. The British comedy, the one oh. with, like, Simon Pegg from, like, Shaun of the Dead yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Nick Frost. So I was like, why did they put that disclaimer there? Is it because there's, like, a common confusion? Like, Hot Fuzz the Killers versus Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz the Movie. Interesting. Yeah, it was the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, like, why is there a disclaimer? And then I clicked on the Hot Fuzz, and literally the first thing you see is a disclaimer linking Not it to, to Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever make that confusion. Like, I don't think I'd ever Maybe, cross the well, two. Well, I guess S's look like Z's. I don't know. I mean, like, that's a valid point. 
Okay, so on the day that we are recording, obviously it's like the end of January. It is kind of a gross, disgusting day outside. It's rainy. It's rainy, like yeah. weirdly mild. I hate everything about it. But Tiff and I are keeping very warm inside today. It's actually quite hot in here. It is quite hot. <laughs> Indeed. Hot will be the word of the day. Um, hashtag hot. Hashtag hot. Because we are drinking hot toddies. Yes. And obviously aligning with the album's title, Hot Fuss. Hot I've, Fuss, Hot Toddies, yes. Hot Apartment. Hashtag hot. 2020. Hot in 2020. And I've never had a hot toddy before in my life. But they're good, right? They're so good. If you would like to make a hot toddy for yourself, all you need to do is boil three quarter cups of water, add a shot and a half of whiskey or bourbon, whatever you prefer. Add two teaspoons of honey, two teaspoons of lemon juice, and garnish with a lemon round and a cinnamon stick. I love the cinnamon part. It really adds something quite nice. The addition is nice. amazing, yes. Like, and we're in the season of like mulled wine and all of that. So like cinnamon is truly Yes, it's a, winter cl- it's a winter classic. It's a winter classic. So Tiff, would you consider yourself a Killers fan? I think I would. I feel like I was an OG Killers fan from, you know, discovering them on much music's like top 30 video countdown back mm-hmm. in the day or even on The Wedge which is for those of you who who don't know an indie alternative Canadian TV series. I remember very fondly it was like grade 11 at the time and I went to an all-girls high school and I, so we were like bus to school every single day and I'd always have my Sony Walkman. It was like literally my my life and I always carried my CD wallet with me. You you carried your whole CD wallet with you? Yes. It was very CDs? bulky. I don't know. It was probably like a couple inches three thick. inches deep. of That's just, a lot of CDs. Yeah. like And some of them were, you know, store-bought CDs. Some of them were burned CDs. You got to have a good mix CD. Yeah. And it was decorated with the most kawaii stickers of all time. So I, I had it. like Pokemon, Sailor Moon, Hello Kitty. But then if when you open the CD, well, it's like, well, none of this music matches like the stickers. <laughs> kawaii. But, <laughs> kawaii. But yeah, that, that that's kind of how I initially like heard of the killers. It was like really important to me in grade 11 because I feel like I was just transitioning from vibing to the early 2000s R&B, hip hop, and then into the rock alternative scene. So like Hot Fest was like, it played a role in that transition. And like other artists that I had listened to at the time were like Arcade Fire, Fans Ferdinand, Radiohead, Modest Mouse, The Vines, The Strokes, which was a little bit more, more mainstream. But I feel like Hot Fest was like my favorite album in grade 11. And then from then on, I kind of like progressed into my like emo scene <laughs> we, we all had one days yeah and so hot fuss the album itself was your favorite album mm-hmm. did you find yourself listening to subsequent albums from the killers after that um i listened to i followed sam's town which was that released in like 2006 maybe i don't remember the actual year of release but yeah it would make sense a couple years after hot fuss it was their second one so yeah that makes sense yeah i've only listened to literally only two killers albums hot fuss religiously like every day yeah and then i followed sam's town when i was in university i just didn't follow not that i didn't appreciate sam's town i just kind of never moved forward to following through with the rest of their you know discography yeah yeah yeah, yeah, i feel you do you find when you listen to hot fuss now knowing that it was such important part of your life in grade 11 do you find yourself like transported back to that time at all when you listen to this album yes actually because like the minute I'm listening to like all these things that I've done or Mr. Brightside. I can picture the music video. I can picture me on the goddamn school bus cramped in a space and just like grooving out to the album. And I usually have Carrie was at my bus stop. Carrie from uh, episode five. She was our guest on episode five. Yes, exactly. That Carrie. So she and I would share a seat on the bus and like we kind of share our like earbuds 
I'd have one ear, she'd have the other ear, and we'd just be listening to Hot Fest. I love that because we that was something too that I in listening to this, it, it immediately transported me back to me at the time. And obviously in two thousand and four, so I was actually only in fourth grade when this came out. I know. I just <laughs> hate it when you like <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to provide context to my story. Yeah, so we all know that I'm the old one and Kiara's the <laughs> The cool no, young one. And I don't do I'm just it. kidding. <laughs> I've done it every single pod that you've been on, but I'm just just to make the point of like, you know, I was like 10 years old and listening to, you know, like somebody. To, yeah, I was 10. That's hilarious. I was a 94, man. Yeah. 10 years old versus me, like leaving grade 10 to be in, like. We just... never would have hung out. You would have been <laughs> like, who is this child who wants to hang out with me? <laughs> leave her. Leave her be. Like, she's annoying. Go away. Yeah. Go play with your Barbies. Just kidding. I probably was playing with Barbies, to be honest with you. But yeah, I actually like I was definitely transported when when you and I decided that we were going to talk about this album today. This is one that I've listened to over the years, too. Like it's never really stopped being a part yeah, of I my still life. To it, yeah. I would listen to I was listening to the songs and I was like, oh, my God, like I remember hearing somebody told me for the first time. And I think I was at like a like a family event and somebody had the radio on and my cousins were singing along to it. And they knew all the words because it was like somebody told me it was a huge mm-hmm. song. Right. And then I remember watching same thing as you much music when. And the all the thing all these things that I've done music video came out which is all done black and white kind of like yes. western style very cool and there's like a scene with like Brandon in like the shower and he's got like guy liner oh on gosh, and so I remember hot. like a ten year old me was like oh my god like I'm he feeling is something. so hot yeah, feeling <laughs> things um, and then uh, so around the time that they kind of started to uh, gain fame and everything was when the OC was really popular and oh I yes I totally forgot about that detail so they were on the bait they played the bait shop which was the club like the all ages club that like Ryan and Marissa and Seth would go to and that was the Olivia Wilde era of the OC so good so remember she dates Seth like she dates Adam Brody whatever and then she dates Marissa for a little bit oh yes and she's like really cool and she like dropped out of school and she just like worked at the bait shop and then the killers they performed two songs like in an episode of the OC I do remember that I have to go back and watch that I told my like I told myself that I was gonna rewatch all of the OC but I haven't yet can we watch it together because like I have been meaning to rewatch it for like years I know I had the DVD somewhere but I don't have like a DVD player you have them all I have all of them yeah we can watch them together every day every (laughs) night watching season four because season four was garbage we're watching up until season three and we're stopping what's season four season four is after marissa's dead season four is trash oh yeah fuck that then no we're gonna go season one two three and, and then maybe it. just end it yeah we'll just end it when she dies and we'll be like okay fine this is where they should have ended the series anyways you know what i mean yeah the way that's the true. route that that show took was actually there's actual only four trash. seasons i thought it ran for so much longer than no, that dude i'm telling you it was only four okay. i was in love with that show i was in love with adam brody who wasn't He's and he was the one he was the one to be like the killers are playing at the bait shop tonight like obviously seth cohen knows because he's like he's like the indie boy that listens to death boy. yeah he listens to death cab and I remember postal service they had a because yeah they had rooney on the oh show. yes also a great band that i was into back in the day yeah so they had rooney they had the killers they had the walkman and then the walkman yeah yes. man like they had such good holy music we have to rewatch show. the series just for the, the bait shop <laughs> but so that was also um when i started to learn about like who brandon flowers was as well he was like super cute good looking front man like kind of like shy kind of like a seth cohen like kind of shy and quiet but like very effortlessly cool you know what i yes, mean like i've always I like, was also super in love with them. The idea of Brandon Flowers, it was Sam's Town for me that like really drew me in. And I think that's because when you were young and Dustland Fairy Tale are like 
probably my favorite killer songs of all times and i and i know that they're like hits and they've had the videos and they were singles and everything but like i just like again i'm instantly transported back to at the time i maybe was in like sixth or seventh grade and i was just like this speaks to me like i feel, so <laughs> I feel such a deep when connection. i hear when you were young and like the lyricism is so powerful the imagery in the video is so powerful like it was just they're they're, they're in my top three favorite bands of all time whenever i have a conversation with somebody about my favorite musicians and it is hard for me to narrow it down but i think at the end of the day it always comes back to the 1975 the killers and our kills and and those are kind of like the three in my mind and nobody else has been able to knock those kind of those three top top three off off the yeah. pedestal yeah um what i've really admired even when i was a kid is that all their songs have like different feels to me so they're able to transition really easily from doing this like grandiose americana very like anthemic mm-hmm. arena sound so something like mr brightside and runaways to this very like quiet kind of chill and again this came more in their later albums i find but um even off of hot fuss like everything will be all right is kind of more that vibey mm-hmm. you've got songs like very synthy very synthy songs like be still which was off battleborn and some kind of love which was on off of wonderful wonderful were just more like you know just a piano and brandon or just a guitar and brandon like very very chill very very cool so they've been able to flip between the two um very easily i i really do love them as a band i i've seen them live once and that was at uh, scotia bank arena in 2017 on the nice. wonderful wonderful tour and i was in the pit and i like died i died i was like this is the greatest night like i had so much fun i was with my mom we had a blast and they played shot at the night is one of my like favorites as well which is mm-hmm. like a newer one and they played it and i wasn't expecting them to play it and i was like hundo p crying like hundo p like ugly <laughs> tears in the pit it was just such a great time that sounds like an amazing experience would you say it's one of your like top favorite concerts of all time like, live concerts of all time absolutely just because i've been waiting so long to see just them to see them yeah. because literally since like 2004 so 10 year old Kiara wanted to see the killers Mm -hmm. and uh having like that experience too and being able to share it with my mom who's also a big killers fan was so special so that's so cute yeah it was awesome like I'm so excited for the new album to come out like I am buying tickets like (laughs) you're ready I am so ready I'm just I'm so excited and uh, I'm so excited to talk about it today too it's just I'm just jazzed. I'm just so jazzed. hyped up. I'm hyped up on hyped hot up toddies. on our hot toddies. Hot talking fuss. about hot fest. I remember talking about hot Brandon Killer Brandon Flowers. I mean, <laughs> so I think at this time, Tiff, I have very little left in my drink. You have basically I might, nothing left. My mug is dry. I think I at this point we need to boil some water, make some hot toddies. This is a bit more of a process, but we'll come back and we'll start talking about the songs we love. Yes, I love it. Let's do it. Tiff, what is your favorite song off of Hot Fest? What do you want to start off the conversation with today? I feel like it's very important to start off with Smile Like You Mean It. That is my oh. favorite song of all time off this record. Um, like, how does it rank in like your favorite songs of all time? Of all time? Ooh, it's probably... Behind James Blank, probably. Behind James Blake, behind Frank Ocean. Okay. So maybe in like behind out of top a few 10, others. like a seven I or would, eight? Mm, not top 10, really? It's not top 10. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a very <laughs> <okay>. negative answer. <laughs> Okay, so Smile Like You Mean It. Let's talk Smile Like You Mean It. What do you love about this song? I love the fact that it's very, like, it gives off, like, an 80s nostalgia vibe. It's very synth-heavy. Fun fact, the band said that they wrote this song in eight minutes, which I find so surprising, because I'm like, this is, the song's amazing. Like, how is that possible? And it's so, like, um... Like it, it does seem fairly simple, like the the idea of like smiling like you mean it, but the the lyrics are fairly complex and they're mm-hmm. like that's that's very surprising to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, no idea either. And then um, like Brandon Flowers supposedly said, this song is about two faced girls with fake smiles and fake conversations and he said that it was like very personal to him and that's one of the things that's amazing about music. This song was also my MSN screen name for 
a long time. It was just all killers lyrics. <laughs> yes, exactly. All killers lyrics in grade, I guess, 11, 12 high school. Um, but have you heard about um, that whole like Great Gatsby analogy on Smile Like You Mean It? No. So for those of you who don't know, The Great Gatsby was written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Are you going to give us an English lesson? <laughs> I don't even know why I said that in a British accent. Like, is F. Scott, is, is F. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald? Is he even English? I don't know. But no, I just meant English, like, like English lit. Oh, an English like an lit. English lesson, oh, I see I what you mean. I read Great Gatsby in school for English. Exactly. I think this was high school. I read Great. I read Great Gatsby in high school. Yeah, in yeah. high school. Yeah, but um, the song alludes to the Great Gatsby because there's themes of partying, but not being truly happy and having to grow up in the face of loss. If you dig deeper, when um, they sing like "Sunsets on the East Side," mm-hmm. Gatsby watches sunsets oh, on yeah. East Egg, where he longed for Daisy. Or um, the lyric um, "Change your ways while you're young." Yeah. So young Jay Gatsby changed his ways and learned how to live rich when he was young yeah hashtag new new money money, right (laughs) so i thought that was very very interesting i had no idea that there was an allusion to great gatsby yeah i never see i never would have drawn that conclusion even you you know like researching and and saying that brandon said it was about two-faced people that's definitely not what i got from this what i kind of got from this was basically like don't be a cynic like Mm -hmm. Uh, especially the line, like change your ways while you're young. Like you have the rest of your life to be cynical and negative. Like why not start now being a little bit more positive? Um, And to me, it's about, you know, facing challenges that you might experience head on and kind of taking them in stride. So like even when things are shitty, like, you know, take a moment Mm -hmm. to smile, take a moment to think about the positives. Shit happens. Like shit happens to us like every single day, like every single day of our lives. And you should be, it shouldn't halt your life in any way. Like you should keep living and keep Mm -hmm. doing the things that you want to do. And just be genuine about it. Right. Exactly. Like you mean it like exactly what he says about the fake women yeah and he he talks about like um he says dreams aren't what they used to be Mm -hmm. um and he does this whole allusion to you know someone will drive her around down the same streets that i did like very nostalgic looking back so to me too it's a song about like looking at your life and you know recognizing that we are getting older Mm -hmm. um and you still have to again take things in stride you still have to try and make an effort to be happy i don't know that's that's kind of what i got from it so i don't know i don't know if i can see it from the, the from the great gatsby perspective the great gatsby side of the two-faced girl side like i just want to hear the lyrics like um save some face you know you've only got one mm-hmm. like that to me is not necessarily alluding to two-faced and being sarcastic about being two-faced it's more so like you have one life like don't live it yeah. by being negative don't live it by being cynical just like change your ways while you're young like while you have the time and while you have people in your life that you want to keep around like make an effort and be positive and yeah and I feel like he's telling you to like be real to yourself and be real to other people like you only have one life you should like yes go ahead and pursue your dreams but in order for them to become a reality and also smile like you mean it yeah that's a huge song I really like smile like you mean it as well I know it's it's just the best it's so good um the first one I want to talk about is all these things that I've done Yes, that's my second favorite song of all time. <laughs> and uh, I wrote in my notes, so as I was listening to this song, I kind of just, the way I do my notes, for anybody who's listening and may be curious, the way that I write my notes is I will actually sit down and play the record front to back, and I make my notes kind of just like as they appear in my head. So me saying like in my notes, literally I wrote, okay, let's all take a minute. That's me actually just that's what <laughs> happened in my head when I was listening to this song because it's such an, again, an anthemic Americana motivational i think in my in in my experience song even the intro is just the one piano note played four times mm. and i hear that and i'm just like oh, it's got started like, it gets me so hyped up like one piano note that's played four times and i'm so excited and the way that everything is 
composed I thought was so smart because yeah you start off with the beginning it's very slow beat kind of gently comes in mm-hmm. and you get that amazing guitar riff the <laughs> and then um it kind of speeds up like the part where he sings like I need direction to perfection no 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 tell me out like and then he goes back like the syncopation like everything is just so well done and then the bridge comes in that I got soul but I'm not a soldier and that is like iconic lyrics iconic lyrics and he says it probably like what 10 times in the actual bridge like it's just the same phrase over and over again but everybody was trying I remember when it came out everybody was being like what does that even mean like I got soul but I'm not a soldier and you know knowing that Brandon Flowers is Is a Mormon, Mormon I remember seeing on Genius uh like he was saying that you know being being a mormon you would be expected to be a missionary you would be expected sorry to go out and kind of share the word of um, the church of latter-day saints and everything um and he found a different calling in music so him saying i'm i've got soul but i'm not a soldier is saying like he still believes and he's still devout to his mormon faith but his vocation is in music his vocation is not in the church i think yeah because he's referencing his like inner struggle between his faith like you said and like the rock and roll lifestyle like as a mormon you're not allowed to drink alcohol or have all these swear but so you so you like this song obviously i love this song yes um and then i'm not sure if you being a david bowie fan apparently they took the bass line from david bowie's slow burn song off the heathen album that's like a direct quote from brandon flowers yes and he was concerned because he's like oh like enough time has passed now so i think like he won't sue us but he's also (laughs) i mean now he can't yes he he can't because rest in paradise Yes, yes absolutely Exactly. So that was like a fun fact for me. And then have you, you've seen both music videos, right? I have only seen the one. I have only seen the one that's done. The black and white, black and the white. US version. Yes. What is the other version? The, there's a UK version. We can watch it after we, we record oh. this pod. But basically the band is walking down the streets of London and Brandon's like singing into the camera. He's like shaking hands with people along the way that like come up and greet him. And then they kind of join. They all join like the walk. So yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a parade. And then they're walking throughout this music video they're walking towards the stage where they perform it's funny because Brandon always he also has like a really British style haircut with like the bangs yeah he kind of reminds me of um you know like in in, in across the universe Jude's oh, character Jim Sturgis's I love bangs. Him. He, d- he didn't have like the rat tail or anything but like Jim Sturgis didn't have that much of a rat tail did he it was kind of long Really? A little bit longer. It wasn't like a true rat tail. I'm exaggerating. But it was like a 60s era. It was the Beatles. Yes. But like it was similar hairstyles. So like we'll watch the music video after. But I I get why people think that they're a British band because literally they had British haircuts for this UK version of all these things. They they could have been the strokes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. But I do also love the US like black and white music video. That one's fun because it's a fun narrative and I like that it's, if you haven't seen the video, essentially the storyline is there's the band like Brandon and Dave and, and Ronnie and everybody and then they face off against this group of four women who are all armed yes. with like these boomerangs. They're like scantily clad female scantily warriors. Clad female <laughs> female warriors. ladies. Shout out to uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, seriously. Um, but it's a great video. It's really, really fun and again, the song is just really, really friggin' fun to sing along to. Like yeah. I, I'm like... The best karaoke song. Such a great karaoke. Did anyone sing it with... So I had a karaoke birthday, listeners. Yes. Did anyone sing all these things that I've done at my birthday? Yes, yes, someone did. Really? And I missed it? You missed it. You were probably doing shots, maybe. I was probably doing shots. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. But 
yeah so let's go back to that shower scene where like because you know how in the music <laughs> let's, video let's talk about the shower scene because you know how in the music video i was um i'm like okay they're they're all dressed like you know cowboys it's like a western vibe they all have mustaches and i was like mm, brandon i'm not really feeling your fake mustache right now but then but then the shower scene there was no mustache and yeah. i was like and you're like all wet and sexy and, and there's with the, the eyeliner. eyeliner i like uh the part of the music video that i really like too is during the bridge where the i got sold but i'm not a soldier mm-hmm. He he speaks in the music video over top of the track, so they're playing the the part in the background. But then it actually his audio in the visit in the video is on where he's like, "I got soul, but I'm not a soldier." Like he's just yeah, saying he's it just speaking yeah, normally, different from like the recorded album version for and sure. To me, it's kind of like because he's kind of going to battle with these like Western women or whatever. Like it's kind of him like hyping himself up, being like, "Okay, like I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. But like I can do this. Like you got this, Brandon. Like come on, flowers. Like you know that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I thought that was interesting too. I always like music videos where they do like speaking breaks or where they they kind of take you out of the actual um, the, music. The part. song, yeah, like it, it's and unpredictable. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, this song to me is just like a huge jam. And yes, it's gonna stay with me very close to my heart as well for the rest of my life. I love this song. Um, what's another one that you liked? Tiff? I would say Jenny was a friend of mine. It's the first track off Hot Fuss. The song was inspired by a videotaped confession to the police that Robert Chambers made the morning after the death of this woman named Jennifer Levin. He like strangled her to death in yeah. Central Park, New York. And then I started digging a bit deeper. I was like, oh, like why are they? Why are the killers writing songs about you know murders? And then apparently I came across this other thing about how like there's a murder trilogy across all of like the killers songs i think two of them are on hot fest and there's one that was from like 2007 leave the bourbon on the shelf is that a song that you know no i actually don't know that one i remember hearing about this trilogy of, of murder songs yeah. too right because it's jenny was a friend of mine and then is it believe me natalie or not believe me natalie it's um, midnight show Midnight show yay yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the third one which i haven't heard it's called leave the bourbon on the shelf I haven't but heard that one either yeah do you like listening to songs because I, I sometimes struggle when there's songs that have such heavy subjects like mm-hmm. especially murder yeah <laughs> a little bit it's like, not Right. That's pretty like far on the spectrum for me where, and we kind of had this debate on, um, when, when my younger brother Ethan was on and we talked about Abbey Road and we talked about, you know, Maxwell Silverhammer. So I'm like, is it bad that we like songs that are about, you know, morbid really events, terrible yeah. things? You know what I mean? Like I, sometimes I struggle. I do like this song too, mm-hmm. but I was just curious, like what your take was on that. Like when you listen to it, yeah. does when your you mind go to, to murder? No, it doesn't. It yeah. wasn't until I backtracked to understand the song meaning behind or like why they wrote this song. And then I kind of went into like this hole of like digging up information about murder. I was like, what the heck? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so much murder information. What's happening? Yeah. And it's interesting to me too. Like we, we give a lot of flack to people. Like, um, first one that comes to mind for me is like somebody like Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. whose songs are, you know, inherently about more violence, um, sometimes more satanic and people come down on him pretty hard for, you know, preaching those kinds of qualities. But yet like a song like this, is it because it's by the killers who are a pretty PG Mm-hmm. American band that they don't get um, they don't get flack for it. There's like a weird double standard I feel like that exists within pop music and within music in general where yeah, it's just judging a book by its cover like Marilyn looks like you know kind of satanic yeah Whereas the killers are all dressed up in their glam 80 suits like obviously and they don't look non-threatening so obviously they're like it's almost the like they're allowed just, to sing yeah. whatever they want right but i think that could be dangerous I, I i mean you pretty much said it all i also really like this song and i think i always knew like there was a more morbid um mm-hmm. 
edge to it because like he says and like i'd be like singing along to the lyrics and i'd be like she couldn't scream why i held her close and exactly I'm like, oh, you're like wait what is this about yeah that's definitely strangulation i was not thinking about that in grade 11 listening to the song yeah no me neither but it is i think you know it's a great track to introduce you to what the hot fuss album is going to be about it's got the great like kind of hazier vocals and kind of like rougher guitar riffs and stuff like that like it's a good introductory song for the record it's a good introductory song for who the killers are as Mm -hmm. well we have to talk about mr brightside we have to we can't not we can't not talk about mr brightside it is a huge fucking song i barely like made notes about like the lyrics or like the song because i'm like i'm sorry if you are in and around our age group if you grew up in you know like if you were like a 90s kid or an 80s kid you know this song Mm -hmm. and guaranteed you know all the words and if you hear it you'd be able to sing along to it yes today it's funny because i also did not know any specific lyrics for the sole fear of this turning into a karaoke pod because it's just so easy to just sing it Mine Instead is of just code. lyrics. <laughs> I literally just have lyrics. It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. I, I'm like, if you don't like this song, I'm like, to each their own. I will still respect Some your people, opinion. Yeah, don't like it, but I'm like, this is the best. But do they not like it because it's not a good song? I'm making air quotes. Or do they not like it because it's overplayed? I think they don't like it because they put it in the same bucket as the annoying songs of the time, like that journey song don't stop believing or right. they classify or like sweet home alabama like sweet caroline whatever those sweet songs are both, but like they put tunes, all yeah. of those songs in like the karaoke bucket, bucket. that's what i hear no least. and like that's that's fair it's just like it's such a well-written song though and the yeah it's about his um ex-girlfriend right yeah like it's just like literally like I, again I, I don't have any like substantial notes to go off of because i'm like i think of like the brilliance of a line like and they're going to bed and I'm my like, stomach is sick <laughs> and it's all in my head but she's touching his chest now no. like maybe it's a mormon thing because they can't curse or like whatever but i'm like the the brilliance in like how he was able to tell this story mm-hmm. and a sad story mind you like one that like really affected him obviously because it was about somebody that he really loved moving on mm-hmm. and being with other people and you see that a lot in the video because i love the video yes where it's basically like he's at like a gentleman's club and the girl that he like really loves is like a burlesque dancer or she's like a what's the an escort or something like that Mm -hmm. and so she obviously has to be with like other men and it gave me like moulin rouge vibes when they do like the rock sand yeah you know like you don't have to put on the red light i will always have the nostalgia factor with this song and Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's gonna be on always like those lists of like songs that get white people like turned like yeah that's exactly i was trying to be as like diplomatic and like chill about it as possible but mr brightside does fall into the list of tracks that white people love it does alongside the journey and the queen and yeah but that's the, just, but the that's fucking not, sweet home alabama shit but i don't think that should like discount how good of a song it is like i it's, don't yeah it's a great song it's a great song and it's so catchy and like when you hear it if you're at the bar and you hear you're it, gonna you're sing like, along you yeah, can't help it along. absolutely you can't help it literally like that it was only a kiss like it was only a kiss like that's i huge. know like everyone knows all the lyrics to the song from yeah. like start to finish there's no way that you don't know the lyrics to the song although misheard lyrics perspective i used to think he was saying um jealousy turning snakes into the sea it's really saints. it's saints okay but i always thought he was saying like jealousy turning snakes into the sea i don't know why snakes just like bloom and they just dissipate just into like, ah, the, the ocean are gone. <laughs> i don't know why water snakes now oh and that's then, hilarious um also fun fact so this video so great we talked about it we love it have you watched the video for miss atomic bomb off of battleborn no okay i have so, not 
brace yourself. So Miss Atomic Bomb ties back to the Mr. Brightside video. And it's basically like 20 years later, like this is where they went. And like, it shows like, you know, like Brandon Flowers is now old as a totally different actor who's like playing him or whatever. And he's like in like a, a trailer, like in the Nevada desert. And then like the woman is unhappily married and it like, they're like together. Like, it's just, it's so good. Who do you think would play, which actor do you think would play Brandon Flowers as like an old man 20 years later? Ooh. I mean, the guy they got looks nothing like him, so that doesn't make sense. But if I had to pick somebody, I mean, Brandon Flowers has, like, a great jawline. He's got great hair. I was thinking, like, maybe, like, a bearded Henry Cavill. Oh, he's super hot. Watch The Witcher. But, (laughs) but like, no British accent. You know what I mean? Like, but he's big now, so maybe not. No, he's he's way too jacked. I think he's on steroids. Who do you think would play him? Pierce Brosnan? Hugh Grant? Why am I naming all Christopher Walken. I don't know why. What? (laughs) <laughs> you're like what christopher walken's not hot he's kind of hot in like an old man way you think so have you seen that snl skit the the <laughs> um, cowbells i just don't i don't see brandon flowers growing up to look anything like christopher walken i think if anything he would go full silver fox and just like like the fashion santa like fashion santa did yeah you, i saw him in toronto once did you where i saw him at this poutine place okay and he was wearing like loafers with no socks and a black t-shirt and black jeans and i was like that's fashion nice. santa that's who i think he could be uh are we good with mr Bryside? i think we're good move on okay move on. what's another one you like tiff i also really like andy you're a star that's great i like the intro how it kind of like it's do, like a do 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 what wait no that's, a different, well, that's a different song cancel that part <laughs> andy you're a star kind of like trudges along it goes like the burn 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 oh yes 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 yeah i think it's very like it's cool because it's kind of like a lazy sloppy kind of grimier intro for mm-hmm. the killers um but it's still very cool and it all works i think in the context of the album um apparently i don't know if you looked at like the context of like the lyrics or anything but yeah. apparently it's about a boy who used to like bully brandon yeah his name school. was like andy messer smith i googled him i guess brandon was like frustrated with like high school jocks getting all the attention and yeah. then, like maybe he was bullied i don't know but i'm not sure the song was about like a football slash wrestling star yeah well and, and it makes sense right because like i would be singing this song like on the field i remember you were incredible and like i that makes sense football field exactly <laughs> but i just never really like i never really you know connected the dots so to speak and even there's a great lyric where he says um leave your legacy on the on in the gold and the of the plaques that line the hall and i'm like that makes so much sense because it's about someone who's like maybe peaking in high school and like mm-hmm. we've all encountered kind of shitty people in high school yeah. who are popular and who have it all and all of it going for them and i remember you know people like your parents being like don't worry because like your time is coming like <laughs> they might be peaking in high school but like you're gonna peak later in life and that's way more important than being the football star it's may it's way more important than being i hate to use like the archetype of like head cheerleader or like whatever it yeah. is like, there were no cheerleaders at my school i went to a catholic high school i think it's this whole song is him being sarcastic and him as yeah. him being like fuck you to the whole jock popular kid archetype mm-hmm. that probably existed in his like small town you exactly know? yeah i agree great song we're in agreeance. This is a good one. Let's talk about Somebody Told Me. Somebody Told Me, obviously a huge thing. It was a single. This was the first one, I believe, that it came out. It might have come out before Mr. Brightside. From my memory, I heard Somebody Told Me first before I heard Mr. Brightside, but Mr. Brightside was recorded before then. It just yeah. wasn't like released until I think after. And if you, if you even watch the music video, he has different hair yeah. in Somebody Told Me. And then after 
that music video, all the other ones, Brandon didn't have like it's weird like short bangs. Hair. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think they probably cleaned up his image a little bit. I wrote down the first thing I wrote down under somebody told me was, "Ooh, I want to sing it." Like, I just, <laughs> it's, it's so catchy to me. And there's this like great like pulsating beat that accompanies mm-hmm. the lyrics, like the breaking my back just to know your name, like coming yeah. in close and like I just again I just I see the lyrics and I want to sing it. The line that really stuck with me out of this whole song was when he says, "Never thought I'd let a rumor ruin my moonlight." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a good one. And I think that that's really cool because like, isn't this always the way? Like, you could be having a fantastic day, you could be having the best time like you could be so jazzed about everything and one little like crack in the foundation one little like chip can kind of like throw off your whole vibe Mm -hmm. and so when he's saying like I never thought I'd let a rumor ruin my moonlight it's like I never thought like hearsay would kind of throw me into this tizzy that's kind of how I interpreted it and like how easy is it in today's modern day with social media you know like Instagram like you driving yourself so fucking crazy because you see somebody like doing something and you're like making all these assumptions yeah if somebody's like hey like your ex-girl girlfriend i you know i heard she's seeing somebody that can like destroy you in an yeah instance. like rumors being spread or something and yeah. now it's in the palm of your hand with your phones you know what i mean so i thought that was really smart and i think it still you know holds true today like 16 years later yeah i agree and i also heard like a like another analogy about how um the song speaks to a young man's frustration with the difficulty of picking up girls at the club so i'm like okay so did the band go clubbing a lot back in the day and they well they were like, young so failed probably. awkwardly at trying to talk to women and the opening lyric makes me laugh sometimes because it's like breaking my back just to know your name so they're probably trying really hard at the club trying to hit on some girls it's not working yes it's not working out but i'm like literally brandon you're not breaking your back because i suffer from back back pains (laughs) and i doubt you would have broken your back so it seems a little like superfluous yeah just like you know just do some stretches you know yeah get a better mattress like (laughs) that's how i solved kind of solved my back problems again there's no way in hell i'm confident enough to like go up to somebody that i've never met at the bar and be like hey baby how's it going what's your sign like i've never been <laughs> able your to sign? do that <laughs> like your astrological sign specifically uh, yeah uh, my sign is stop <laughs> like it's your turn tip we want to talk about so let's talk about the last track off the album everything will be all right good tune huge tune it's like Absolutely one of my, huge. yeah it's, i feel like it's a great closing piece to the album absolutely it's, again like deeply synth pop it's very guitar heavy i find and it's it's a track about love i would say like it's very dreamlike i find it's like romantic soft and the chorus is very simple right like it's like literally it's everything will be all right times six yeah and then at the very end it's times 12 it's just double and it's a simple song but i find it just so beautiful and it kind of makes you kind of like fall into a dreamlike state and i Absolutely. remember going on like road trips with my family i have my disc man i have my headphones on and sometimes when the road trip's really long i want to listen to a song that will help me fall asleep and this is that song it's like a, a beautiful song it kind of lulls you yeah it lulls you to sleep yeah it's, like a lullaby. it's so beautiful i think it's so underrated I, this song brings me back actually to university. Um, so even though the record came out way before I was in university, this would be the song I was listening to before or while I was on my way to go write my final exams. Oh, snap. Because it was literally like, everything will be all right. Like, yes, it will. Everything will be all right. Thank you, like, You've Brandon. You've got this, Kiara. Like, you can do this. Everything's going to be all right. Because I would get major anxiety before going to write my exams. Like, yeah. I would be so stressed out and I would be like, I don't want to fail. Like, it's so embarrassing and blah, blah, blah. So this song really did help me, maybe not lull me to sleep, but it helped me it helps calm me down. It kind of fits in with something like Jenny was a friend of mine and Andy, you're a star. Like 
again, because of the the haziness of everything and the kind of like electronic kind of vibe mm-hmm. within it, those three songs kind of speak to, I think, who the killers wanted to be and the vibe that they were going mm-hmm. going for on this album. So I, yeah, I really like this one too. That ends the list of all the songs that I really want to talk about in our love section of the podcast. Do you mind if we shift over into more of the uh, songs maybe we skip? Sure. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Okay, so we spent a lot of time talking about all the songs that we really love off of Hot Fuss. Now we got to shift things over to the mindset of what are the songs that we skip? What are the songs that we don't love listening to? I got to be honest with you, Tiff. There's only one song I really skip on this record. What about Same. you? Same? Yes, agree. So what's the song you skip on this record? I always skip Midnight Show. Me too. Twinsies. <laughs> Twinsies, killing it. So why do you skip Midnight Show? Mostly because I'm just trying to get closer to everything will be all right. Gotcha. You know, like I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to fall asleep here. I'm just, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's just very neutral. Like this is the um, Midnight Show is one of those songs where like if I had to put it in like the bad song bucket, yeah. it would it was, it's the only one I think of, but I don't like hate it though. So there's nothing in like the lyrics. There's nothing in like the actual, you know, like rhythm that, 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 that drives you crazy. It's more so just like, it's just like, you know what? You the song's hear- not good enough for me. So I'm going to skip it. So what was really funny was, so the song started when I was listening to the album, the song started and I was like, oh yeah, midnight show. I was like, this is one that'll come on. And I'm like, next. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it goes back to the lyrics for me um there's a line where he says like you've got a real short skirt i want to look up look up look up yeah oh my god and so i I hate i really don't like it (laughs) and we already kind of talked about um the murder trilogy yeah so this is part of the murder trilogy where he says i took my baby's breath uh beneath the chandelier and i'm kind of like oh that's murder like you're literally like stealing like you're if you're taking somebody's breath it's you know strangulation or like you're straight it's, up it's just assault murder. yes it's assault um so i'm a little bit like i don't really know how i feel about singing this the issue that i have with this song was i was ready to hate it i was ready to completely write it off and then there's a part in the verse where he goes like we were just in time let me take a little more off your mind and the downbeat behind him like the bass line the guitar everything was so good that mm-hmm. i was dancing to it yeah so i was a little like bit an like, upbeat track yeah yeah like it, i was just like shit like this song actually might be catchier than i anticipated and i did I, I finished the rest of the song and i was like okay like i still skip it but similar to you where i'm like i can't say i hate it like yeah if i'm in the mood i'll listen to the full song yeah and we've talked about it on this pod before like we've talked about songs that like i literally can't listen to again like i'm obviously gonna skip it every single time six inch heels six, <laughs> six inch heels we know we're always gonna skip but like this one i know i said i'm guaranteed to skip it but now i'm not so sure because i got about halfway through and i was like yeah midnight show like i was like i'm yeah, feeling I'm this ready so hard and it's literally just because of that one part which i think was done so well where it's just like let me take a little more off your mind and it just like picks up and everything kind of comes together so mm-hmm. nicely like we were just a good thing blah, blah blah like it was just for me i was just like oh this is why i like the killers like this is why i really yeah. love the killers so much so i struggle i think i go back and forth with it but this is the only one that i think i could confidently be like okay it's on my not it's on the back burner it's on the back burner <laughs> oh, don't you put me on the back burner yes exactly back that's why yeah <laughs> so good deep cut love it but that's it for me honestly yeah like, that's the only song this album was fire this album was literal, fire. Li- literal hot fire I know for our listeners, it's been a long time. I've been on a bit of a hiatus. So just to give you a little bit of a reminder, we rate this album out of five drinks. So we have to give Hot Fuss by the Killers a rating out of five hot toddies. So Tiff, can you give me some closing remarks on the album and what you're going to rate it out of five? So before we talk about the rating, I have a question for you. Okay. Because you followed the Killers since the beginning. Yes. Whereas I stopped after Sam's Town. How would you rate your favorite Killers 
albums in order. Mm. There's like five, right? There are five. So I'm going to have to say um, overall, because I think they have meant different, they have meant more or less to me during different times of my life. So I think if I take an average of like, since I've been listening to them, so since 2004, number one is probably Sam's Town. Mm-hmm. Number two is probably Battleborn. Number three, I would say Hot Fuss. Uh, number four, wonderful, wonderful. Number five is probably um, Day and Age. They also have like a uh, an EP called um, Sawdust, which mm-hmm. has like oh, yes. B sides and stuff to That's it. That's familiar, yeah. Sawdust, like I don't really know a lot of to be honest with you. So that would probably be like my hidden sixth one. But yeah, I think I think I hit all of them just now. And then we'll see what Imploding the Mirage brings. But yeah, my top three are definitely Sam's Town and then Battleborn and then Hot Fuss would be my third. That's very encouraging because yeah. I I think Hot Fuss is an incredible album so the fact that you have it neutral as in like number three kind of makes me want to explore the other albums beyond sam's town because i haven't heard the the three after that actually the thing that i would caution is again because i know you and i know your style of music as well yes 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 the other album so you listen to sam's town obviously you like sam's town the thing with Battleborn is that was done at a very different time in their lives where they started having kids, like they were all married and everything. It's and like I think dad music. Not necessarily dad <laughs> I'm just music, kidding. But it comes from a different point in their lives, right? And I think with that album, they went in a totally different direction where they were writing from the perspective of being fathers. Okay. Versus this album when they were like 20 run, yeah. 21 year old kids chasing girls yeah. and like talking about in the club. Know, in the club or like you know reminiscing on the people who were shitty to them in high school like yeah. it's more mature it's mature it's it's been it's matured they've yeah. grown yeah exactly okay. but i think it was i i love battleborn so much so um and that yeah i remember that coming out when i was in university so i still love hot fuss and it still means a lot to me but it's it's gonna be third for sure okay yeah and do you want me to rate it first then and then you can yes rate it? you okay. do your rating first yes so i think with hot fuss um i had so much fun going back and listening to this like i i knew we were gonna do the pod i knew i had to do my prep and i was like okay i'm gonna sit down and listen to hot fuss and like everything every song that was coming on again like i said at the beginning it brought me back to somewhere like the nostalgia mm-hmm. factor was so huge watching the videos for me was so fun i was like oh my god i forgot about this part or i forgot yeah. about this like little joke or like the, the cinematography of the all these things that i've done video like it all came screaming back to me um so even though yes overall it's not my favorite killers record Mm -hmm. um it's such a strong record and the fact that i only skip one song out of the whatever 10 songs or something that are on here i'm like that's pretty friggin' great so i'm like between a four and a half and a five so i want to say a 4.75 oh my gosh that's exactly how i rated well you have like a little bit i have 4.7 out of five hot toddies wow we're on the same page. We are on the same page. So so what what would you say is like kind of your your feeling with the record if you're giving it a 4.7? Because of the nostalgia. So like I'm just putting myself back in like grade 11 listening to this album and like this was my album. Like I could not stop listening to it because I thought so. And I look back very fondly as well. So I'm rating it very high because of the nostalgia and the time and like how, again, like you mentioned, we only skip, we both skip the same song sometimes i skip somebody told me but regardless it's like a great album and i just ha- it deserves a 4.7 out of 5 it's yeah. not a perfect 5 but like you know i'm trying to be critical here so i'm not gonna give it a 5 out of 5 but yeah. <laughs> 4.7 yeah and i think that's a totally fair rating i love this album so much and i'm i'm happy that you love it as much as i do and i think this was a it was a hot album it was a hot album it was hot off the press well not really it was 16 years old but like <laughs> hot in general hot for 2020 um well tiff that brings us to the end of podcast this is the end of your oh third time gosh. on the pod you are officially a recurring guest i'm so happy i'm looking forward to doing many more 
I can't wait for you to come back. Thank you so much for coming. Happy Lunar New Year to everybody and to you, Tiff, as yes, well. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing some culture to the podcast. <laughs>